This is a Tannoy announcement. Could the man in the hip stop who's left his greeting bairn behind please collect him at the front desk? Thank you for shopping at Tesco Tynecastle. My name is Jarvey, and I'm joined this week by Simon, Hammy, Paddy and Cameron. Together, we are the Broken Hearts Club Band. What a day, boys. Um, I should say we're recording on Monday the 30th, the day fans took over. They seized Edinburgh Castle successfully. Um, it's been a right trip in memory lane today. Eh? I, uh, I'm, I kind of get the feeling like I'm super proud and all that, but meet the old boss. Same as the new boss, kind of feels the same as well. Sorry to take the, the joy out of it, but... I thought it was going to be me that was going to bring something like that up, so I'm glad you have, by the way. Because it is a bit like... Well, it's great, then it? Like, before all that, it is great, but... Um, yeah. Don't see much changing. Yeah. It's still right. the same people on the board, really, isn't it? Aye, and they've nominated... And but just be chair of the board. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And uh, Ambudge has confirmed this afternoon that she's going to be on the board for at least another two years. Yep. Uh, she's got to save uh, up for that retirement. I, that, I think <laughs> the Foundation of Arts that don't have any full-time employees, as I mentioned last week, so they're probably just sticking with the status quo. Um, which... It's fine, but I would expect the Foundation of Hearts to be a bit more ballsy going forward. Um, although I did see, see Stuart Wallace call and Budge our guardian angel recently, I think this morning. So maybe not that ballsy yet, but they're major stakeholders now. I never maybe. stood a chance to get that job. I had so many plans for the club. <laughs> Still got my vote, Paddy. The next AGM, it's your time, Mr. McDonald. <laughs> Because, um, yeah, Ambudge was meant to, like, this was always meant to happen this season, the, the transfer of shares. And then Ambudge was meant to leave at the end of the season. Yeah, she was staying on. She was going to be staying at least a year anyway. Mm-hmm. Well, I see, she's the chair. So it's, I, 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 know, I know I read sort of earlier that folk were giving it the old, it's the sort of, um, yeah, she's not really got much power. It's more a, what's the word I'm looking for? Like for a show. title, yeah, yeah, it's more for that. Um, because now we've got the new CEO, um, Andrew McKinley in, so he should yeah. be taking a much more of a sort of day to day role. Could so you he's... pick him out of a lineup? He's been <laughs> the new CEO for over a year. <laughs> ah, job learning, job learning. Mm-hmm. A lot of shadow and made when you start a job with you. Shadow, <laughs> <laughs> all right. Aye. What's, what's the number for your brother, Anne? <laughs> <laughs> Want to go join us? Um, but anyway, it's, it's been some day today. Twitter, it's been like going down memory lane on Twitter. A lot of um, throwbacks to the Roman Alfira, the uh, the relegation party uh, hosted by Hibs <laughs> in Tyne Castle. There's, there's been a lot of uh, shithousery. It's been very enjoyable. Um, but yeah, it is a, a fantastic day. It just just seemed to come out of nowhere. We spoke last week, like there, there was like nothing planned, and suddenly this whole day came about. Did you just get your invites, by the way? No. no. <laughs> um, but uh, I think we're all barred after that incident. Cyber's <laughs> not even got his season ticket yet. <laughs> <laughs> did you get an invite, Harvey? Oh, no. I don't know who, who did. It seemed like they were waiting until the stadiums say. were open and then. Just didn't let anyone in, so... Aye. Is this, is this the reason you are also negative to start the podcast tonight? I'll, I'll it's it. not about me, I don't care. <laughs> Very bad. No, I couldn't care less. <laughs> I'd take the day off and everyone. <laughs> Waiting for the invite to come through this morning. Aye. Um, but yeah, there you go. Part owners of a football club. Woo! Yeah, by technicality. Just calm, calm down a wee bit. Um... Moving on, uh, something we can get carried away about. Um, let's just take a moment to appreciate just how good Craig Gordon is, first of all. Um, Craig Fowler posted something interesting on Twitter, uh, and I wanted to ask your thoughts on it. Mr Fowler posted, well, he asked the question, is Craig Gordon playing better than his first spell at the club? What do you think? 
No. Like, absolutely not. Did you see him when he left our club? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he, was, he was world class. He's a really record good. for a goalkeeper as well. Like, no. He's really good, but he's not what he was at that point in his career. I mean, what I will say is, considering his age, the drop-off isn't that much. No, yeah. that's like, a fair point. He's managed to maintain such a high-level performance, and even in the Championship, there was the caveat that all oh, well, it was in the Championship, and maybe he didn't have the best time under Rodgers towards the end, and people didn't trust him with his feet, fair enough. But if you let him be play to his strengths as a keeper, he's the best keeper in the league, man, by a mile. We'll talk oh, more yeah. about it with the game, because I wanted to bring him up, but ah, he's phenomenal. Right. And I think it's it's so hard. It's meant, crazy to say that Craig Gordon probably is a world class keeper, but playing for Hearts, he would fit into ninety nine percent of football teams on the planet. I mean, I don't know if at the top level, just because it's such a different way to play the position, they expect you to essentially mm. be like a third centre back when when you're building up with possession. And Craig Gordon definitely can't do that. <laughs> no, I, I'd imagine I'd imagine Pep Guardiola would get shot at him fairly quickly for his feet. <laughs> but to be fair, he's better than Joe Hart, and he's better than Joe Hart ever has been. And Joe <laughs> Hart is really title. <laughs> very true. Um, well, Craig Gordon. Um, will be joining the Scotland camp for the triple header and Steve Clark has named him as Scotland's number one. So that's very exciting. Uh, one man he would have been meeting up with uh, looks a wee bit like Triple H, uh, Austin McPhee. However, he's been uh, ruled out with COVID. Uh, Austin McPhee has been making headlines because he's been uh, put in as the set piece coach at Aston Villa. And that's what he was going to be doing in the Scotland camp. He's been credited for setting up the, the Tyrone Mings header last weekend. And I don't know if you've seen this, but Jeff Stelling briefly spoke about him on Soccer Saturday last week. But he described him as a man who looks like he's got no place being in football. Oh, wow. <laughs> you wonder why people are scared to be themselves within football, eh? <laughs> like he's literally just got a different haircut. And like, Does he belong here? <laughs> <laughs> It's so true, but like if he had a proper haircut, he'd probably be manager uh, of a Premier League team. Who knows? No, <laughs> <laughs> getting carried away, getting carried away. Um, but Stephen Naismith replaces him in the Scotland camp. Good experience, good experience, good for the hearts. So, yeah. in terms of the Scotland camp, Craig Gordon's there and Naismith's there, and virtually nobody else seems to be there now. Aye. Do you mean because of the COVID cases? Like it's just two of them. <laughs> I think we, I think we lost, we've lost what four players over the last two days to the, to the squad now, and there's already a few unavailable as well. Yeah, McGinn's not in it. McTominay's out. McGinn's Sh- Armstrong right. pulled out. Nathan Patterson's out. Forrest's out. Forrest's out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and who's that we're playing on Wednesday? Denmark. <laughs> Great. Oh dear. Um, final note on that, by the way. I don't know if you've seen this. So we've got Craig Gordon, uh, providing he doesn't test positive for COVID, in the first team. Harry Stone in goals for the Scotland under-21s and Liam McFarlane in the Scotland under-19s camp. Three hearts keepers through three age groups. Very good. Steel sharpens steel. Aye. Something in the, the goalie's water bottles at Rickerton. <laughs> no idea. It's a big accusation. <laughs> uh, Paddy we scoffed at you last week when you said Jamie Brandon would be Michael Smith's right wing back cover and the very next day you started training again <laughs> individual drills to be fair individual drills jogging slowly but fair play Paddy it just shows you how much of a in the know you really are yeah. it was my ever <laughs> in contact hey, eyes and ears at record right now Paddy Mayor isn't even a <laughs> <laughs> um, John Suter um, made some interesting comments this week about the contract negotiations. Um, he said he's taking things uh, one thing at a time, uh, thinking about getting fitter and stronger. He said he'd like to repay Hearts, but he said things don't always work out that way. Ah, he's going to proper Tory us, isn't he? He's, <laughs> he's going to absolutely. <laughs> 
He was like, I could earn hearts money or earn myself money, you say. <laughs> mm. <laughs> I mean, you can't blame him, apart from hearts. We're so loyal to him over three years when he missed and we've really built him up as a player. I think it would be shit if he didn't resign, but it's modern mm. football, isn't it? Yep. We, we wouldn't yeah. even get a development fee for him, would they? Because he no, didn't he come through us. Right. Yep. See you later, Johnny boy. I <laughs> <laughs> think. Um, I think Craig Gordon's our highest earner. I was reading this week. Do you think John Suter deserves to be the same as Gordon, if not the highest paid player at Harps? To protect well, his value, yeah. Yeah. I think I had a conversation with somebody over the weekend about John Suter and a contract situation. And it, it was to me, it was, you know, give him what he wants now, it'll be stupid money. But say um, when an offer of so and so million comes in, we'll sell you. Um, invest in that for a short period of time like we were on with Gordon at the time before he went off for to say, that's exactly what we did um, and all that that obviously that completely depends on John Suter actually signing and agreeing to that um, he might let's see let's say see himself going somewhere else in January playing a pre-contract down south or something which again would annoy the hell out of me but to know to look at it on a slightly different angle I think the fact that he's willing to talk like that and is obviously willing to take a gamble on his own health means he's very confident in how fit he currently is, which for us right now, actually a really good thing. But I completely agree if we could get him signed down to something that said well, there's a, black, a buyout closet or whatever it is, it would be ideal probably for both parties. Mm-hmm. But I think the ideal situation for him, and I think the reason he's holding off is because I think a higher level of club will take a chance on him if he's free. If they're having to pay money for him, I think it will attract less people. Mm-hmm. So I think that's an issue we face. But you just got to lie to him and be like, nah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, it's a shame that it's only Loic the Moor that gets eight grand a week at heart. <laughs> <laughs> to, to flip it on its, on its head, well, Simon, you did kind of speak about the risk there. I was reading a, an interesting debate on kickback um, after this interview. Um, and there was a few people saying that we shouldn't rush into offering him a contract considering his reoccurring injuries. Do you think that's a fair point in a way? No. <laughs> He's our best centre-back at the club. He's one of our best players at the club, despite whatever position. As soon as he's fit, he's back in the team. He's had injury problems. You've got to just trust that he's... That's over. gambling on an injury. That... <laughs> Aye. I get that he's got an injury history, but that seems like a terrible tack to follow in negotiations. Yeah. And based on how he's come back, looks like he's not been away. Absolutely. Aye. It was just one of those wee debates I saw on kickback, and I thought, what are you talking about? <laughs> but it's a very interesting point. So <clears throat> that's who I, but yeah, hopefully we tie him down before January. Aye. Really hope so. Transfers. Um, Hammy, you shared a screenshot of an article. Uh, hilarious from sometime just after the season ended, I think. Robbie Nielsen's famous, they won't all be Pele statement. Because included in Nielsen's rant that day, he said that the club will also move away from loan deals. <laughs> <laughs> and we're currently looking like what well, must be some sort of world record, like a almost like a feeder club for the amount of loans coming in. Um, first of all, have you got any worries? Are you happy just as long as they're good players? It doesn't matter. What's your thoughts on all these loans? Um, usually, I wouldn't be as sort of. I wouldn't. I wouldn't necessarily say I'm worried. Right, all the players we're getting in a loan as well seem like they're 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 pretty good. Alex Cochran has been brilliant. Um, ben Woodward, um, on paper, should be brilliant. Albeit, I know he did go for a bit of a knock in his first game, which, <laughs> um, and as you know, the, I can't even remember the other ones. Taylor Moore, Taylor Moore, yep. Um, and then we were linked with another loan for a youngster whose again name escapes me. Sorry, Braithwaite. They they seem on paper brilliant. What my sort of issue is is that. Going into next season, as it currently stands, we've got seven players on the contract. <laughs> That's all. Wow. Right? Yeah. 
Uh, and that includes in that Ross Stewart, who's the backup goalkeeper, and Cammy Logan, who's very really played. So we've got really five first team players for next season. So we would need to build up a bit of foundation, a bit of momentum to grow on to go into next season. So it's fine doing well this season, but if we then lose these four loan players, our entire defence is out of contract. So again, we just talked about Suter. Craig Gordon's out of contract. I, w- I would imagine he'll probably sign on and finish his career at Hearts. So don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of other players that are in that team that if we are now signing loan players to play ahead of them, are we really going to keep them next season? Mm. And I'm talking about, you know, we're looking at right-backs instead of Michael Smith. We're looking at left-backs. Is Kingsley going to be featuring the team a lot more? There's a lot of talk of putting him in the centre-back and the same with Smith. But I'd rather we just played a centre-back at centre-back rather than putting Michael Smith or Kingsley at centre-back. Mm-hmm. Um, that's where I was a bit like, mm, I'm not liking this. I'd rather sign players on long-term contracts. Well, not long-term, not four-year deals after they've been out for about three years injured. But you know what I mean? Hmm. So a very interesting point that how many seven players contracted for next season. Um, Paddy, are you concerned about this, what you could consider to be short-sightedness in recruitment? Uh, nah, because Robbie Nielsen said he'd promote youth and he's definitely not lied about that yet. <laughs> <laughs> Aye, no, it's, it's not great, and especially when one is cheesy and we're, all, we're already talking about bringing another goalkeeper in. So... Yeah, that, is a that makes no that. sense. And one's Cammy Logan, who Robbie Nielsen thought was so good that he loaned him out. Hmm. It's interesting. Um, let's go through who has come in. Unbelievably, since we recorded last Monday night, Taylor Moore has been a rumour signed and played <laughs> for Hatch. <laughs> what a week that was. Um, first impressions, looks all right, doesn't he? Don't really remember him then much to be honest. Mm-hmm. We'll, we'll see when he gets like a proper run out. What did he get like 10 minutes, nine minutes at the end of the game? Something like that, yeah. Aye. He's in there, good to have some cover and uh, to get Craig Halkett out the first team. So <laughs> it's fine. Um, Jared Braithwaite, six foot five center back. Um, he's part of the England under 21 squad. I think he's with them kind of as we speak, kind of thing. Everton signed him after a breakthrough season with Carlisle. I think they spent a million pounds on bringing him in. So he's very highly thought of. Um, Jimmy Dunn levels that on paper, potentially. So get him in. Get him in the first team. Why not? Well, what's Jimmy Dunn up to? Why don't we just get him back? <laughs> he's on like 40 grand a week now. <laughs> he, 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 came, he came up on kickback again because apparently he wasn't getting his game. And I, again. Oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> <laughs> Who is Jimmy Dundalk getting a game for someone? Oh, was it such a good football? Swansea, wasn't it? If I was a player that level, I know obviously he's probably earning a lot more money, depends on what you want. But if you found a place where you were loved and clearly you were one of the good players, would that not be quite fulfilling in itself? But you're, I'm sure, I remember when he signed up, I'm sure it was Swansea, Hammy. Um, 20 grand a week he got there, like guaranteed money. Yeah, and the most we'd be offering them would be like five as a top earner. So it's miles off. It's not even like we'd have considered it. He's at QPR and he was on the bench at the weekend. Lyndon Knight scored a raker in that game as well. <laughs> he did. He's been banging the goals, isn't he? Big Lyndon. But yeah, he's not getting his game, so all of a sudden, I should sign him. Doesn't Aye. matter where he's went to. <laughs> I saw a rumour the other week. It was just as the championship was starting and people were saying we should sign Harry Suter from Stoke. Harry Suter, who just signed like a four-year contract with Stoke like the week before, and he was started for them. He's just about their captain and he scored for them that night. Aye, but his brother's with John. (laughs) That was literally the intel of that poster on kickback. We are in for Harry Suter because he is related to John. Oh, um, speaking of kickback rumours, uh, one that's got me excited, we'll see if it comes to any fruition, is Michael Obafemi from Southampton. Um, William Lansfield obviously coming from Southampton. Obafemi is, it seems to be well out of favour and I think uh, somebody pronounced the Southampton manager's name for me. Ralph Hasenhutl. 
has said that he has attitude problems and things. So, oh, perfect for Hearts then. <laughs> <laughs> Could be like our kind of Balotelli. Let's get him, let's get him to a club where he'll get a much longer leash <laughs> <laughs> and paid it all up front. <laughs> if he scores goals like Boyce, then we'll take him. <laughs> right, before we go any further, I'm going to go back to a point. Because <laughs> I looked up Harry Suter after you mentioned him. Yeah. He has five caps for Australia. Yeah. Hi, man. Mad. Right, John Suter could have qualified for when he's playing for Australia. Well, there you go. And John Suter's a big lad. He had his suitors like, like six foot six or something. He like makes John Suter look small. Big family. How tall is John Suter? Six three. Six so. one. Six one. Is he? No, he's just a wee laddie. <laughs> nah. Just because you're tall, Simon. Um, but Cameron. Uh, Finley Pollock is not going out on loan. Apparently, we will we will see. But apparently, he's sticking around. Remind us of our our wager we've got set because it's quite complicated. It's not complicated. He needs to play six hundred minutes in the league for you to win any money. He's <laughs> not doing that. Even if he doesn't go on loan. <laughs> <laughs> How did we work that? It was about. It was like if he featured for the last half an hour in twelve games or something. No, like if, if you take 600 and you divide it by 10, you get 60 minutes per game. There you go. Mm. Right, there's absolutely no chance. I got done there. See if you don't take wagers when you can't do maths, kids. <laughs> <laughs> Never going to win. Um, but a bunch of boys that are going out on loan, Connor Smith, Ewan Henderson, Aidan Denham and Leo Watson. Um, Connor Smith's already joined Queen's Park. So, like you say, Paddy, what happened to the promises of youth development? I know. Um, Henderson still is that, that one I just don't understand at all. Um, makes no sense. Like, you're leaving us so short with any sort of wingers. And, in, and like, Janelli's injury prone, as is GMS. And I yeah. know we brought Woodburn in, but he's already injured. So, mm. I don't know if Woodburn's quite injured. I just think he was fucking knackered. I just don't think he was miles off the pace. But that is concerning. But I'm most concerned out of our recruitment. Nielsen said we're bringing in another three at the time of recording. This one could be Braithwaite. He wants a striker, then he's wanting a goalie. So we're going into the season playing a right wing back with literally no one behind Michael Smith at all. They're really concerned. This seemed to happen last season as well. Why have we not fixed this? Why have we let this run over another season? I completely understand the point where they're like, well, we don't just want to bring in a body for bringing in a body. But it kind of is getting to the point, what is it, the transfer window shuts tomorrow night? We're recording mm-hmm. on Monday. We kind of just need to bring in a body. Maybe <laughs> t- I think Moore might be the sort of backup to Smith. But still, he, if he's not an out-and-out right-back, then mm-hmm. you never know. Anyway, leaving us a bit thin. Um, like maybe it is Jamie Brandon. Robbie Nielsen's angling for a comeback. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Robbie Nielsen was a solid right back, but I bet he couldn't have played wing back. <laughs> no. He'll get a phone box installed next to the dugout and Michael Smith goes down, he'll just run in that phone box, <laughs> spin around it like 30 seconds, come out f- full kit. <laughs> the exact kit that he wore when he scored in the Europa League. <laughs> oh dear so yeah we'll see what the next 24 hours bring uh, Cameron last week we spoke about Bobby McLucky the plucky young hearts player that's got himself a name in the Scotland squad and what a fantastic name that is now, you've been thinking about some other fantastic footballer names this week what have you What have you found? for clarity I get pestered daily by you to find some <laughs> names so I found you, found you too. Right, um, my, my, my two favourite from this week are Zimbabwean defender, who unfortunately is apparently better known for his name than his footballing abilities, named Danger Fourpence. <laughs> cool, he would yeah. have to be pretty good at football to come away from not being known for being called Danger Fourpence. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, the other one I found um, 
is an English Ghanaian professional footballer who plays as a midfielder, according to his Wikipedia, called Nine Norty Norty. Um, <laughs> came through it, came through at Chelsea, and was last at Queen of the South um, earlier this year. Oh, wow. What? There you go. So he sounds like a Cockney game, yeah, row. Very good. Um, you sent me another one. Quite enjoyed. Patrick is normal. Oh, and Patrick Kisnorbo, according to his Wikipedia, gets called Paddy. <laughs> Just seems funny. Just, uh, yeah, couldn't ever imagine being Paddy Kisnorbo. There we go. <laughs> um, we did ask on Instagram uh, for their most interesting, best or funniest footballing names. And every single response, I'm not kidding you, every single response would have got us cancelled if I read them out. Um, but we did get one... <laughs> We did get one, uh, which is almost too obvious. Danny Shutu. Oh, yeah. Add him to the list. There you go. Thank you, Cameron. Uh, anyway, Simon, we played at the weekend and we won again. We won away from home for the second time in a row since September 2018. How did we set up for this one? I was actually just thinking, before we go into dive into NN or complain about NN, because you always want to like criticise something, you never want to um, just think it's all quality. The shit sandwich, as we all know about. I'm really enjoying supporting hearts right now. There's Good people day. back, we're winning games. We're winning like actual difficult games as well. It's not just like you can caveat it down to like we've had an easy run of games. Yeah, Our, our two easier games, St Mirren, Dundee United Celtic have <laughs> <laughs> all been away so like although the teams aren't maybe as good as the ones we faced at home they're still away games and notoriously like you said no one twice since 2018 mm-hmm. we're shit away so it's good I just wanted to say that we are I am really enjoying No, you're right I was thinking that especially with today with the fan ownership there probably hasn't been such a, a joyous week to be a Hearts fan since like around that time in 2018 there's, um, there's a good feel-good factor at the moment. Yeah, almost too good. <laughs> right, now let's fucking ruin it. <laughs> <laughs> nah, um, we started, it's, it's pretty much the team you can list off without even taking a blink. Um, the only change from last week, I'm sure, was Ben Woodburn in instead of Ginelli. I think that's mm-hmm. right. Yeah. Um, so it's the back five, essentially, again. But in this game, the wing-backs were right up, so it really... It felt much like we had a lot more impetus going forward. So it was Suter Halkett, Cochrane as the centre back, Smith Halliday as the full backs. I thought Michael Smith was so much better than he was the week before against Aberdeen. His delivery seemed to have purpose and a bit of thought about it. It wasn't just sort of like whack it in and see that someone gets their head on it. And then Ben Woodburn made his debut with Boyce, Mackay Stephen up front, and we had Benny and Peter Harrington behind them. But I thought it was a great game. I thought Peter Harrington should have scored about five. It's yeah, good to see him yeah. getting forward because he is a danger in the box. And if he's only going to go into the box for set pieces, it limits the amount of opportunities he gets. So it's good to see him running forward. I suppose when you have a player like Benny, who is probably better than Gull Canty now, <laughs> covering you, it does make it easier. Um, the way Dundee United set up, it was a low block. And that's notoriously what we struggled with the year we got relegated. Teams just knew they could just sit in. We couldn't create a chance, so they'd counter on us, win every game, or we'd, we'd draw 0-0 or draw 1-1 or whatever. So it was good to see that a team set up that way and we were able to break it down. And I know we got a penalty, but it was a penalty. So that's obviously a good way to, to sort of make them come out a bit, going 1-0 up. But yeah, impressed by Hearts. They looked really good. It's the best performance of the season, maybe mm-hmm. that or Celtic in the first game. But Yeah. So quite uncharacteristic, uncharacteristically away from home as well, isn't it? To see us go and get so much possession away from home. Seventy-two percent yeah. at half time. Unbelievable. Yeah, to finish above sixty, it's it's crazy because I think that's the first time we've actually had more possession in the game this season in the league. In I think since uh, since Bobby Walker was playing for Hearts, I think we've never <laughs> had so much possession away from home. Um, I know we'll we'll get to it, but um, my notable players were. I just picked two. I could have made an argument for almost anyone who, who was on that pitch, but the two I picked was Craig Gordon, like we, we said earlier. The, the difference in Craig Gordon, I genuinely think, is 
the team's not that much better. We've got a few better options in different positions, but having Craig Gordon instead of one of those fucking idiots we had the year we got relegated is genuinely the difference between being in the top six and pushing for European spots and getting relegated. Mm-hmm. Just if one of them went in, you can feel the season we did get relegated. If we did concede a goal, everyone just felt, well, that's the end. Of it. There's no point in even trying now. So for him to always have us within a chance, even if we just score one, fills you with confidence. And then my second notable player is Alex Cochran, mm-hmm. who I think we can just say now is a good player. Instead of being underrated, blah, 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 blah. I think we've obviously been singing his praises for a while now. Not, I'm sure loads of people have. I don't really listen to everyone else, but... He's now just rated, surely. He's now just, everyone just is agreeing that he's actually just a good player. One of the first names on the sheets. Yeah. Definitely. I love Alex Cochran. I think, see when a ball comes over the top and I slag Craig Halkett and a lot of that is just to be funny. But Craig Halkett flaps at a ball a lot when he's running towards his own goal. And that's where he makes mistakes and we've conceded heaps of goals last time we were in the Premier League. But Alex Cochran, he just seems to make one decision and he makes the right decision every time when he's under pressure. He just seems he's such an intelligent footballer and he's so good with the ball at his feet as well. I, I, I honestly, I will be missing one, but I cannot right now think of a mistake that he's made. Like he seems, no. he, he struggled a bit initially with um, Jet at the Aberdeen game, but can you blame mm-hmm. him? He's what? Is he like 5'9? That Jet's like 7 foot 3? Well, you, apparently he's only six foot. <laughs> what do you expect? He's a fucking machine as well. So it's not like he's just tall. He's he's good. He's a good in the air player. Yeah, he's got Premier League experience, like actual genuine good Premier League experience. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm all, all aboard the uh, Alex Cochran fan bus. And I just um, like to pick my favourite moment as well. It's when. Um, Liam Boyce took the penalty and the Dundee United keeper saved it and all the D- Dundee fans went, yes! And then <laughs> Liam Boyce tapped it in and you because it's at the Dundee United end and you all just see them just deflate. It's so satisfying. <laughs> and you hear the cheer for hearts. It's fucking brilliant. <laughs> Get oh, it up, yeah. Get it up, yeah. Um, all right, well, we touch on the first half a, a wee bit. Uh, and by the way, how Tim Potter is this before I forget? <laughs> <laughs> Dundee United only put on two turnstiles for over 2,200 Hearts fans so those that were at the back of the queue missed the first 20 minutes of the game <laughs> terrible part <laughs> uh, yeah, I can't I say it wasn't on purpose yeah I know that's what I was thinking but even during Covid it's only put on two turnstiles terrible um, first half Simon you said Michael Smith was given was putting good balls in the box. I'm not too sure. I still really wasn't impressed with his, his delivery not, once he's getting in the final third. Not every ball was was perfect, but there was one, there was a couple in the first half. There was one where he played it to the back post and I think it was Halkett knocked it down for John Suter on his left foot, blazed it over the bar. Mm-hmm. I suppose they, were, they weren't phenomenal. I'm not expecting him to be David Beckham, but, um, <laughs> but he was good. He was much better, I suppose if I'm just thinking of how many times he just hit the first man against Aberdeen, it can yeah. only get better. Yeah. And uh, Andy Halliday going forward to the final third, just no again. Eh? He, he cuts it. It's so obvious because the defender just forces him to cut it in on his right foot and just nothing's going on there. Um, mm-hmm. I, he tried to cross it a couple of times on his right foot and I don't think one of them left the ground. Yeah, yeah. I'm quite excited in a way for Kingsley to come back in and I do think we've built a squad now that's going to be holiday free in the starting 11. Um, I think Kingsley or Cochrane, who knows, will be at left wing back. We're fine in the middle of the park now. I don't think Halliday is going to be a starting player anymore. No, I'd agree. I think if everyone's fit, I can justifiably not see Andy Halliday in that squad, which is a shame because I think maybe apart from the last two games, he has been pretty consistent and he's been all right, but Two games not playing well, you can't expect to keep your place in the squad. That's how complacency creeps in. Yeah, that, well, that, exactly. Um, that was kind of out wide in the first half, but I, I did think we'd done really well down the middle. And we were popping it about so nicely. Woodburn and, um, and Boyce seemed to link up really quickly, didn't they? Lots of nice wee one-twos and building up towards the box. Aye, the, I know we talk about it all the time, but Liam Boyce's 
ball at his feet. He is one of our best players on the ball. We talk about creativity, and I know he's often far too deep, but he is great, man. Mm-hmm. So that, that was nice to see. Um, see for the penalty, something that's underrated, how nice GMS's two touches are. And the ball is oh, actually yeah. from Halliday. I never think about it. Halliday plays it up to him, and he, he takes a touch and then another quick touch to get around the defender. Yeah, he sort of like knocks it over his head. The defender has no idea where the ball of the man is. Yeah. Aye. It's outstanding. Aye, yeah, it is brilliant. Aye. Um, I didn't really know what was going on then. And even at a replay, I was like, what is that's a penalty, but what where is the ball even went? So <laughs> you can understand the defender who couldn't see the ball at all times, just had no idea what was going on. Yeah. Yep. That's that five star skill moves. <laughs> I was just about to say that. <laughs> We've both got shape power. <laughs> I <don't> know. <laughs> Um, like two weeks in a row, GMS brought down in the box. Um, that that's why he gets paid the big bucks, and that's why he has to put ice on his ankles when he comes off the puck. His feet are just so fast. <laughs> and, um, you've already talked us through the penalty and celebrations. Um, but I half time seventy two percent possession, um, six shots. There was none on target until we had two for the penalty and then the rebound, which was a bit concerning. <laughs> um, but it's going to take time, isn't it? It's going to take time for Woodburn to get sharp and yeah, find this new shape. First hour in a brand new squad in a new country, although it's Scotland to England, it's not too dissimilar, but the way we play is different. I'll, if he's playing on the right, a left-back in Scotland is going to get away with a lot more than a left-back in England, so he's got to then deal with being a creative forward player, getting booted about. And I think that's probably why after an hour he probably was so exhausted. I'm sure he's fit enough to do 90 minutes, but when you're getting, when you're having to exert so much physically, you're obviously going to get tired quicker. So it's just the adjustment. I'm, I'm excited to see more of him. There was a chance time when he megged mm-hmm. the Dundee United boy. Yeah. Phenomenal. So I admit of that, please. Aye, that was nice. Uh, he's been called up to the Wales squad. So hopefully he gets a bunch of minutes over there, their games this week, and he comes back fitter and sharper for the, the derby because he'll be starting. Tips. So I'm guessing he'll is he away on international duty? Did you say sorry? Yeah, he's been right, called cool. up. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, when, when he did go off, uh, Janelli came on and he made a brilliant impact. To be fair to him, didn't he? I mean, so we scored our second goal. He, his delivery is often missing. There was one time where he. I think where he's maybe caught in two minds and he sort of just leathered the ball to the back post and the keeper had to make a save, but I don't know if there was any real intention that that's mm. what he was aiming to do. So, yeah, but he keeps beating his man. He keeps getting balls in the box, so something good's going to happen. I did read a comment. I just said, I did say about Ginelli that it was one of the first times he just lifted his head, took a second and picked out his man and it worked. So you know, <laughs> maybe, maybe we'll see more of that. Um, hopefully, but he... He creates chances. Aye. I mean, I'll I'll back Janelli up there that if you're a striker, you're told to just go to the space. And if you're a winger, you're told to just put the ball in the space. So as long as he keeps doing that, then yeah, that's fine. You don't have to try and pick out a man because that's difficult. Yeah. Um, interesting comments from Robbie Nielsen at full time about like Gino, GMS. That's all the wingers we have. But he said... Um, the plan is to take both wingers off around the 60-minute mark every game. So they're constantly on a 60- or 30-minute cycle, and they're even training towards giving like they're, they're all for a 60-minute period or a 30-minute period. It's interesting, isn't it? Yeah, it's the, I've, this is the first I've heard, sorry. So, But um, they do a similar thing in rugby. It's a lot more physical, obviously, mm. but the, the front row, so the props and the hooker, they train to only be explosive for 60 minutes so that they give their everything for 60 minutes and then on the 60 minute mark full swap so it means they could be more effective for 60 minutes rather than sort of contain themselves and have to pace themselves and I suppose if it works it's good if it, if we can get sort of more explosive players being more explosive more often sorry mm-hmm. that was one of the worst sentences I've said but I hope it makes sense <laughs> it does then, um, then that can be a good thing, yeah. But who, who are we bringing on? Well, to be fair, I, th- I think Gino's a, a, the perfect super sub. Get get him on for a 30-minute period, 
we can use these acceleration and, and wee bursts for a, a shorter period. I think that's ideal man for that job. So I think he'll be happy with that though. Yeah, it's another Jamie Walker ish, isn't it? Yeah. Mm. But I would agree that like his best games have when have been this season when he's came off the bench against Celtic. Yeah. Um tough one. Nice. End of the day, if he's if he's chipping in my assists like he did off the bench there and bits and bobs, then yeah, you know, the fans will still be chanting his name and surely he'll be happy <laughs> coming on. Um Listen, if I worked and they went, right, you didn't need to do anything, but at, at three o'clock, three till five, you have to just work hard for two hours. I'd be like, fuck it, you get paid the same. <laughs> but for those two hours, we're expecting you to work hard. Fucking no bother. It's all day anyway. <laughs> <laughs> and then come five o'clock, whole office is chanting your name at the door. Hi, man. I get carried it. <laughs> um, so that. That was an interesting one with the wingers um, because, yeah, around the same time, did we talk about this? No, GMS went off for an Andouille. Um, obviously, he did. That's how Gino set up him because he was on the park. Um, he had a bit of a quiet one, Andouille, really, until the goal, didn't he? Yeah, but what did sort of work was Craig Gordon was able to kick the ball up and <laughs> someone could win the ball. It wasn't just coming back to us. There was like a phase for like 15 minutes where that sort of started to happen. Dundee started getting on the front foot. Nielsen made those couple of changes and it just allowed us to relieve that pressure with Ginelli's pace and Nandwili's. I can't believe I'm saying this. Nielsen made good tactical substitutions. <laughs> yeah. Um, a couple more things. The, the Benny Pirouette is the most <laughs> interesting thing I've seen in world football, I think. And I've been to say this for a couple of podcasts. Do you think he has the most unusual posture of any footballer you've ever seen? <laughs> he is, he's, there's just, he's such a casual player. It, there's some players who just have like a sort of casual causality about them where they're just sort of seem like they're not really bothered. And then it affects the perception of the work rate that they have. Mm-hmm. He works so hard that he looks like he's never running. At the same time, it looks like he's everywhere. Yeah. And while he's doing it, his posture is like bent over, but twisted (laughs) sideways. And his hands are high up and that. He just looks like he's going to have a right sore back. He skins people though, man. He just seems to find space and find a way (laughs) out. It's just so impressive. It's the, The ability to just relieve the pressure and just spin a man, win a free kick or release the ball. It's so important in modern football. It really is that sort of um, change of direction player. And mm-hmm. yeah, I think he's great. I, I didn't put him in notable players because I just feel like we're just going to be doing it every fucking week. <laughs> I, know. You know I mean, so we can we can just talk about him all the time. Because <laughs> Benny off the ball, like could play in the English Premier League right now. Like that's how good he is defensively and off the ball. Yeah. And he's proven to be a very good ball carrier and, pass it at the ball as well now like there, you, there's just no end to this man's talent the ball never seems to be under control like other players but then he never seems to be under the same amount of pressure as other players so maybe he's just thought well, yeah. as long as I'm not fucking near anyone and the pirouette when he's got the ball suddenly he's the other side of a defender <laughs> <laughs> how did you do that oh he's a fast I could watch Benny play football all day Aye, very satisfying player Aye. And um, when when Halliday did go off, he went off limping again. I think that's three games in a row. <laughs> he's, just getting... he's just this player that seems to get kicked, and I have yeah, no yeah. reason why. I wouldn't understand why, but he, I think he's a player that gets himself a boot a lot, though. Aye, um, to be fair, whenever I'm leaving fives after like an hour, I'm limping. Like my my body hurts, <laughs> so I can only imagine that they're fucking feeling it a lot more than us. I mean, I don't know, like people break ribs and shit at our fives. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe a holiday's just as cheeky as you, Simon. <laughs> cheeky thing. The reasons for getting kicked. Um, well, yeah, I think that's kind of covered most of that, Simon. Um, barring the kind of 65th, 85th minute, we were very much on, on top of that whole game. It was just quite surprising, but very enjoyable. 
I, I was I was surprised by the possession stats. To be fair, I, I, even even though I think we are a much better team than Dundee United, I didn't think we would control the ball that well. That's that's a real positive for this game. I think that will give them a lot of confidence when we face other teams who plan to do this. Yeah, um, Cam Devlin was there. He uh, <clears throat> he came on the pitch and was shaking hands and that nice teammates at full time. So it's pr- probably quite nice timing for him now. With the international break to get a couple of weeks training under his belt. Is that him back to Australia now, eh? For, the, for <laughs> well, some internationals. I did wonder, but apparently not. Maybe they're uh, giving him some time. There's surely only so much flying you can do without it like destroying your ears or something. That's probably why. Well, you expose yourself to like. When you go bad. Not on you go. As I say, you expose yourself to like high levels of radiation every time you fly, so I can't even think <laughs> he's too good for him. <laughs> exactly. Um, well, after the game, Robbie Nielsen was uh, was fair chuffed with the performance. He was right to be, and you know what? He said all the right things for once in his post match press conference too, <laughs> <laughs> which is uh, just as crazy as winning away from home. He's got uh, to come out after a good performance and say, "We looked like Man City out there." <laughs> <laughs> That's something Craig Levine would say. Aye. Um, I liked his approach to this game. He was talking about very casually, like in talking up Dundee United, but at the same time, like talking shit. So he said, like, I'm really looking forward to going back to Dundee United. I did sign almost that whole squad after all. And then he was saying, like, Tam Courts is a brilliant manager, but then saying stuff like, "Ah, he was a good help with the under 18s while I was there. (laughs) (laughs) So he kind of gave them nothing, but at the same time, he humiliated them. I really like the approach to this one. Uh, Robbie Nielsen's job has never been safer since returning now. I, to be honest, he's turned me around. Like I was, I was never very comfortable with him staying beyond the championship, especially after the championship season. But if you start a, uh, if you look at the fixtures, and if you start a season like that, you can't really ask him to leave. It's no September yet, though. Exactly. <laughs> Give them time. We'll wait till after the 12th and then I'll fucking tell you what I think I'm... Hey, my whole basis was on the first five league games. Let's see if how safe Nielsen is by the time that derby finishes. But yeah, but to be fair, guys, every one of us, like almost every Hearts fan, wanted him out after the Brora defeat last season. It still would have been the right decision for him to go. Yeah, it would have been. It doesn't mean he, he can't turn things around and get people back on his side and he's done exactly that so far so fair enough well, I watched the Fergie doc the other night and they wanted him out so <laughs> <laughs> you, you can't don't compare Robin <laughs> <Nielsen to Fergie. laughs> similar haircuts <laughs> back in the day um, right Hammy we're all we're all happy and Niels in we'll be going over to you for kickback and uh, I'm sure they'll disagree Back away and don't talk a lot of shame. Well, Jarvie, on a weekend where we beat a team away and the club has just been uh, given over to the fans, it was scarily positive. Any negativity was called out as being a Hibs fan and roundly started upon. So I looked the other way. It's a wee thread called... Does beating Hibs on the 12th of September count as a religious event? (laughs) Okay, I thought this could be interesting. When Kevin Kyle scored this last-minute winner against Hibs, I felt God was on our side. I could feel him tipping the scales in our favour so natural order could resume the closest I ever came to God. So, should we view pumping the Hibs on the 12th of September as a religious event? Maybe not. If it were only 2-0. But what if we scored three or four? Is that our team or a force from the big man above? If there was a God, we would have scored 10 against the Vermin at Hamden in 2012. I agree. Somebody ironically says Jesus wept. It's a football game. Do I want to beat them? Of course, but come on. I hope you're pissed. As huge as all the derbies are, but God has nothing to do with it. Liam Boyce will. Again, I agree with that. <laughs> nah, the only miracle is when they beat us and the rest of the time is just normality. And fin- just to finish off, if there was a God, I've said this one already, I can't say it again. <laughs> Sorry. 
So yeah, just would you call uh, beating Hibs on the 12th a religious event? Fuck is going on. <laughs> There's too much positivity around at the moment. It's far too much positivity. There are literally people in that chat that need sectioned. <laughs> There's no <laughs> other thing for them. I like to think when he says from like some a gift from the big man above that is Kevin Kyle. <laughs> I I'd agree with that. <laughs> I did like that. God won't intervene, but Liam Boyce will. That's beautiful. <laughs> That's beautiful. I think we're uh, we're all coming. <laughs> the first thing from the uh, kickback. God, oh. God, that's God. That's what he'll do to you. <laughs> Thank you. Big Godin. Oh. <laughs> well, Thank you. Thank you, Hammy. Uh, Cameron, over to you for buy or sell, if you will. Thanks, Jarvie. Another update of our slowly dwindling scores versus social media. But... Um, <laughs> Okay, let's take you through it. So, the Dundee United game. Um, safe to say not a single one of you or uh, the community at large got behind the Aaron McInniff train. I was the only one on that train and it has clearly reached its destination without him on it. Um, as he got no minutes at the weekend, um, everybody sold and I bought. Uh, there we go. <laughs> you, you live in there? You live in there. I'm sad um, about that, man. I really like Aaron McInniff. No, he needs a chance. He's still signed on for next season. He's one of the famous seven. So. I mean, well, fucking whether he likes it or not. That's <laughs> <laughs> the game I'm next not, year. Not sure he'd be that happy, but aye, there we go. Um, <laughs> now, we went through it and we were really pleased about the game and, and you touched upon the point that, um, you know, we actually didn't have that much on target. Um, the over 4.5 shots probably felt achievable. Um, we, had, we had three shots on target. Two of them went in. So, you know, we, we're good at um, executing when we do have them on target, it seems. But um, right, two, of them, two of them were from the penalty. So, <laughs> so a mixed bag on that one, um, buying sales across the board. Um, but I'd say, um, yeah, certainly not what you'd expect to see for a 2 0 win. Uh, the next one. Um, now, this is where it gets interesting. Hearts to keep a clean sheet. Every single one of us sold it. Both Twitter and Instagram bought it. There you go. Two well points. Done, guys. Fair enough. And then the final one, um, we only had a couple of negative Nancy's on this one. It was Simon and Hammy, um, who sold Hearts and Hibs going into the Derby undefeated. Well, gents. Hey, hey, hey. I wasn't being negative. I was just hoping that Hibs would lose. Same. I had no <laughs> intention of Hearts ever fucking losing. You can backtrack all he's like. So, what that meant is that um, going into the totals, Simon still in last place and was in last place on the week, only adding one point. Was oh, to- yes. <laughs> so rope a dope. I'm pretending to be injured. Um, <laughs> then we got to we got to Paddy on ten. A, a two point performance is beginning to really slow down there. Um, then there are three players now on twelve. So Jarvie, myself. And Instagram, all on 12 there. Hammy, second place on 13. Um, but it's, it's, it's the boys on Twitter. We've got you on 14 at the moment. Oh. You mind you're buying them all a Tunnock's tea cake? <laughs> a different time, a different tournament that never went very well. <laughs> like a thousand people that do these polls, that's a lot of tea cakes. <laughs> right, now... I, we could have done a Scotland one and decided to go straight into the derby. Let's get this going now. Right, good show. Positive questions. Here we go. Now, Andrea came on for GMS at the weekend, so I'm counting them almost as one player throughout the game. So, Andrea or GMS to score in the derby? Hmm. I'll, I'll kick things off with a sell. And that's not being negative. I just think the goals are going elsewhere. Okay. Where, where are they going? Liam Boyce <laughs> scores several. Penalties. I'm going to buy it. Yes. 
I think this is Nandwili. This is, feels like a game where Nandwili scored. So. <laughs> mm. Positive. <laughs> I'm gonna. No I'm gonna buy. Very good, Tommy. I'm also gonna buy. I'm not gonna buy Nandwili scoring it. I'm gonna buy GMS actually managing to stay on his feet in the box in this game and tuck him <laughs> one away. <laughs> okay, now Hearts have scored two goals in three out of the four league games so far this season. Um, so, simple one. Hearts over 1.5 goals in the derby. Bye. 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 Bye-bye. <laughs> okay. Bye. Uh, I'm, yeah, I'm going to buy it as well because... Can't be that negative and sell it when usable, but so there we go. <laughs> now, trying to pick a stat line for us in terms of possession, incredibly difficult at the moment. So, put this into context: we had sixty-one percent possession across the game against Dundee United the weekend, and only forty-six at home versus Aberdeen the week before. So, I've decided to choose somewhere in the middle. Over forty-nine point five percent possession at home versus Hibs. Bye. I'll buy that. Sell. Yeah, I think I'll sell that as well. Counter-attacking football for the boys. They're getting the goals, but we ain't got the ball. If we're counter-attacking Hibs at Tincastle, I'll be booing big time. I didn't give a fuck how we play. As long as we win, I couldn't fucking care. I am going to buy the possession line as well. Now, I've got five this week, so it's not four, but there's a bonus one after this one. So, it's a derby. And it's the first league derby in quite a while. So it's got to be a red card, right? Mm. Sell. I'm going to sell, yeah. I have to admit, Robbie Nielsen's teams seem very timid at times. Don't you mean careful? (laughs) (laughs) Two teams on the pitch, gents. There's two teams on the pitch. I think we did have an issue with with discipline for a while, to be fair, but I, I do think that's been rectified. Absolutely. Imagine the oh, imagine the debut. Hmm. Imagine I'm, the I'll debut for a Cam Devlin. He gets himself sent off, but scores two. <laughs> I'll buy it definitely. Gogic will get himself sent off. It's a simple question, Jarvis. It's just a buy sell. I don't need your weird scenarios. Can I, just can I get a fucking word than Edries? I'll sell it. <laughs> And I will also... I'm going to sell it as well. Even though I said there should be a red card in the game. Um, now, Hearts are a fan-owned club now. I'd like to think that in the new regime, we have a master of ceremonies, the man with the buttons. I want to see pyrotechnics at this game. I don't, <laughs> I, I don't mean flares. I spoke about this last week. I don't mean flares. I mean, when we come out on the pitch, should have their flames. Walk out between flames. It looks great. It's intimidating. Now, by ourselves, are being pyrotechnics in the game. And I, I don't mean flares. I mean real pyrotechnics, fireworks. Tincastle's far too narrow. You'd set most of the main stand on fire. We've had them before. We've had yeah, them before had when them. the old main stand was there. Uh, we had them at the start of the year when they were presenting the trophy for last season. Yes. Sell. I mean, I'm going to sell. They're obviously not going to do that, but... I'm going to buy. Buy, buy, yes. buy. Yes. Tommy, we'll buy it and we'll promote it on social media and let's get hearts <laughs> to get pyrotechnics at Tincastle. At midday on a Sunday. So that's a buy for Jarvie and a buy for myself. There we go, gents. Let's see how... Uh, I guarantee that's a sell on Instagram and Twitter, but there you go. Let's see how they respond. <laughs> Super. Um, we, we should very much mention at this point, but we are well aware that we don't play Hibs for two weeks, <laughs> but we're doing a, an additional podcast that'll be out as normal next week, and that's just purely going to be a Hibs preview show. So stay tuned for that one. <laughs> and uh, in the meantime, we'll try and get some pyro at Tincastle. Um, thank you, boys. And thank you, Padman Productions, for all your editing time as ever. Um, if you want to play along with buy or sell or follow us on social media if you aren't already it's at hearts underscore podcast on twitter and instagram and if you want to email us it's heartspodcast at gmail.com 
Uh, don't forget to like and subscribe. And if you're listening through Apple, feel free to leave us a nice wee review or even just a wee nice star rating. So until next time, keep washing your hands for the hearts. We'll see you again soon. Where does that guy give you an email address at the end of every show? Need <laughs> this email on him.